0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love
1: with TCL. It's the Score North Twin Show. Welcome to the Score North Twin Show. As always, doing these on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Zolgant and Jake Depew uh, reviewing, looking forward, doing a bunch of stuff when it comes to the uh, twins and Jake. I'm going to start off by asking you a question. Are you surprised at all that the Twins played uh, last night in Cleveland? And it looks like, as we record this full disclosure on Thursday afternoon, that they will play again tonight in Detroit when we do have a lot of uh, teams and leagues deciding that after the events that unfolded in the last week in Kenosha, that they uh, were not going to play at least four, if nothing else, one night.
0: Yeah, I I wasn't super surprised they played last night because it all unfolded uh, pretty close to game time. Um, and so I think a lot of teams the Red Sox are are talking about not playing tonight Um, I think they played yesterday because of that reason so I'm not totally surprised by that but I gotta gotta be honest I would like to see them not play tonight I I think what the NBA has done and the WNBA by the way has always been a leader in this area Um, and what what the Dodgers and Giants did yesterday and the A's and Rangers are doing today I think it's I think it's great Um, and I just want to you know before we get into all this baseball talk and that's that's what this podcast is about but I think this is an important thing that these athletes are doing because whether or not they should have the voice and the platform, they do. The fact is, they have a huge platform, and people listen to them and they pay attention to them, and it gets the nation talking about these issues. So COVID really came to the forefront. You know, I think that the entire country really became aware of how big a deal this was when Rudy Gobert tested positive and the NBA shut down their season. Right, that's when it that's when the nation started to really take notice, like, holy crap, this is a, a, a real thing. And what the NBA did yesterday, and some of the ML, MLB teams, and the WNBA, it's, it's great. This should not be a political issue. I hate that it comes down largely along political lines, and not exclusively, but I hate that it's become a political issue. This is an issue of systemic racism, of police brutality, and people are trying to draw attention to it. That's not political to me. People are People are hurting people are getting killed uh and and these athletes should use their platform. They have a huge platform, they should use it. I applaud them for it and by the way, baseball is much more culturally conservative than the n b a and the w m b a right and so the fact that they're they're taking action i think is is a really good sign and and a lot of players have really come out and been eloquent in how they've talked about it um and i I hope the twins don't play tonight. I really do because you know a lot of this a lot of this summer has centered around Minneapolis. You know, Minneapolis mm-hmm. has really been um, – Last night again. Yeah, it's kind of been the epicenter for it, unfortunately, uh, because of what happened. And and I think it would be a big statement for them not to play. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But I just want to acknowledge, before I get into all my baseball rants, you know, all the really important things uh, that are going on in this country and that we should be paying
1: attention to. Yep. And just to uh, piggyback off of that quickly, the one thing is that pro sports has – is it's one of the few businesses where if the workforce walks, no one can replace them. Like if we quit doing this podcast, there's tons of twins podcasts. Um, If, uh, you know, if a guy quits his business job or says I'm going to strike, he can be replaced. Sports is the one place where, okay, good luck. You know, go find that guy who said, I always want to play ball. So it's an interesting dynamic because as much as people hate to acknowledge and admit this, pro athletes have something that, the vast majority don't they can't be replaced and if they are it's crap so uh, all right, all right. Yep. speaking of, yeah exactly right. all right speaking of uh i guess for lack of a better term crap let's talk about the last uh, two nights twins and cleveland twins win game one um the game two bieber starts against hill and the twins take a lead and you can sort of say from that game that they said oh my god we're leading this game let's Going on and Cleveland comes back to win. Uh there were some things about game two that sort of bug me a little bit, but not really. So let's just start with game three, which to me is in a 60 game season a really tough loss to take. It's an ugly loss. Uh where would you like to start? Because I got about three talking points off this game, Jake you but where would you, in the ideal world, like to start with what we saw in Cleveland on Wednesday night?
0: Let's start with the bullpen, um, and let's start with management of the bullpen, but but more generally, um, all these bullpen games that they're doing. So I, I have a little bit of a rant that I want to go on, if you'll indulge me for just a minute. So I, 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 looked, I looked this up. They have done four true bullpen games in the last three and a half weeks where they've pitched exclusively relievers. They've also had a couple of other games where they've started Lewis Thorpe, Devin Smelter which maybe weren't true bullpen games, but ended up being basically bullpen games. But they've had four of these planned bullpen games, and they have another one planned for uh, tomorrow against Detroit. They've worked. The Twins are 3-1 in these pen games, but it's led to a situation where you've completely killed your your pen, your relievers. They're, they're gassed. They're taxed. Um, so they had that bullpen game on Sunday, that awful game that we talked about where they ended up winning uh, against Kansas City. And it led to a a situation where they really didn't have many guys available. Uh, In that bullpen game on Sunday, they pitched Romo, May, Clippard, Rogers, Whistler. Um, And so to go into a Cleveland series, a critical Cleveland series, uh, where you really want to take two out of three against a big division rival, uh, they're important games, they matter, to not have your, your best guys available I just don't get it when you could call up a starter. You could call up uh, a Johan Duran, Dakota Chalmers. Um, You could even pick up somebody off the waiver wire if you just want a guy to eat five innings. But these bullpen games have created a situation where Jorge Alcala is pitching high-leverage innings and Caleb Thielbar, and no disrespect to those guys, and especially you know Alcala, I think, could turn into a good reliever, but they should not be pitching high-leverage innings in close games where you have a lead against the division rival. Um, and so I just, I don't get the strategy here. Totally. One or two of them is fine, but it's going to be five now starting on Friday in a three and a half week stretch. That's way too much. And if you, if you're so worried about workload and making sure that these guys are healthy come October, then why are you doing these bullpen games all the time? Just call up a, another starter to eat innings. Uh, and it costs them. It costs them in Cleveland. Uh, where Alcala had to pitch, Duffy only pitched nine pitches total in that entire series, even though he was not and I know you have a, a rant on that, but I yeah. think these bullpen games are, are – I, I don't think they're worth it. I don't think they're worth it to
1: do this many. Well, I think that if you're going to go to, down the path the, – uh, Rocco and the Twins, Falvey seem to be going down. I think you have to decide that there's a happy medium between Rocco Baldelli and Dusty Baker. Because Dusty is a guy who's abused uh, relief pitchers for years, and he has no idea how to manage a bullpen. And quite frankly, I came to the conclusion a long time ago he doesn't—he he doesn't care, doesn't give a damn, which is his right. Rocco, to what you just said, Jake, and I agree with completely, is overly paranoid about usage. But then you can't do bullpen games like uh, Falvey, Falvey and Baldelli seem to work hand in hand really well on lots of things and and I think that they're a really good team and and I I now know why uh, Paul was fired and Rocco was brought in because Falvey and Rocco do a really nice job together but the bull this bullpen thing they they don't like you've got to make a decision if we're going to go with bullpen games we're going to have to abuse some people and you might not like it but it's the reality is you're either going to have to do that or go down to your point a different path here. Uh, Which brings us to last night, and and you you have to help me here, because this one just confuses me. And again, given what Rocco did in the playoffs last year, I have real trepidation about his ability to manage a bullpen in the most important games, which is playoff games, okay? Uh, His his work in game one uh, of trying to manage the bullpen against the Yankees was pretty abysmal, and they got swept up. So don't Tell me, well, it's going to be different in the playoffs. Because until I see that, I don't know about this. Last night, Tyler Duffy hadn't pitched in three days, which I question. You could have have put him in in the sixth on Tuesday if you really wanted to try to win that game and then gone from there. But you did not. Okay, let's just say right move. Okay, three days off. So he's got lots of time off. He comes in last night in the seventh. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. He pitches – like Tyler Duffy does. He's unbelievable now. Nine pitches, nine strikes. What? uh, uh, Got the first guy that he faced to pop up to third base, and then he struck out two. Nine pitches, nine strikes. There's absolutely no reason on God's green earth not to bring him back at that point in time with that much rest, knowing full well that Baldoli almost certainly won't use him on Thursday as as we record this, assuming the Twins play the Tigers. Um, There's no reason not to bring him back to at least go out there to start the A. Instead, we get Romo. Now, here's my two-pronged problem, and I got tweets about your second-guessing. It's so easy to second-guess. Here's my problem, and it's not a second-guess because on the Scornart Twin Show, we've talked about this extensively. Number one, I know that Sergio had a day off, but I feel the reliance on him has gotten to be far too great. Like this assumption that he is your eighth-inning guy, and he has to be. Well, he doesn't have to be. The second thing was, and this, this bit him in the ass yesterday. And as much as I like Sergio and I appreciate what he brings, this cannot happen, okay? He, he, I believe, against the third team this year, um, got some flack from a, an opponent. I think Milwaukee and uh, and Sergio went back and forth. I know he went back and forth with Kansas City. And then we saw in game one of this series against Cleveland, the same thing. The Cleveland dugout, which you could hear on TV very clearly, chirping Romo throughout his appearance. And by the way, a lineup that doesn't scare you, but it does have some talent, starts to hit him. And he got flustered. Like, I think he got flustered. I think Sergio was like, oh my God, what's going on here? If you're going to chirp, which by the way is fine, then you can't get flustered. So two-pronged problem here. Number one, Duffy should have come back out at least to start the eighth. Number two, Romo either has to back up the act or let the act go. And Rocco, who is a big people guy, like he knows his players, should have been well aware of the fact that there was going to be the off chance that his guy couldn't handle that. Or at least now sit him down and say, Sergio, we're done. We're done with the chirping because if you can't do this, you know, my God, Jake, you get to a Yankee series, you think, and he mouths off? You think the Yankees aren't going to come back with bleep you and hit them? Of course they are. So, just to take this to a a a micro, I have a big problem because Wednesday felt like a playoff game setting, and the management of that bullpen and management of the people in that bullpen to me came up woefully short. Long rant. Sorry.
0: No, that's okay. So let's let's start with Duffy. So I'm with you. He he threw nine pitches. Um, in that seventh inning, he was completely dominant as he always is. And like you said, he hadn't pitched in three days, assuming there's no issue with him in terms of like arm fatigue or something like that. If he's totally healthy, uh, I agree. I think you sent him back out for the eighth because I think these Cleveland games matter. You know, I mean, I, if you, if you want to finish above Cleveland and if you want that tiebreaker, which by the way, you know, now the season series is four, three, and they have to win six to get a tiebreaker, uh, against Cleveland. Um, I think you put Duffy back out there in the eighth and you can rest him in Detroit. He hadn't pitched for three days. Um, it, yeah, it, it, was strange to me. It was, it's strange how they've used Duffy Romo, by the way, before we get into the chirping had pitched, uh, he'd thrown 16 pitches on Sunday and then 15 on Monday. Uh, and they put him back in. So it's, it is interesting who they are willing to, to sort of wear out and who they're not. Um, but, yeah, I would have put Duffy back in there for the eighth, given how quickly the seventh went. Uh, now, as far as Romo and the chirping, I love it. I think it brings drama. It's exciting. I love Romo as a guy. The Twins need more of that, as we talked about on Tuesday. But, but yeah, I mean, I think it, it pumped up Cleveland. And it may have flustered Romo, I don't know for sure, but they were chirping him a lot. And, and you know, he really uh, – he kind of got what was coming to him uh, on Wednesday. If you're going to chirp, you, you have to accept that um, it's going to pump guys up. So I don't know whether he'll stop. I, I don't necessarily want him to stop, um, but it, it definitely provided motivation for Cleveland. There's no right, but he
1: can't. But he can't. He can't pull that act and then shrink at all. Right. Like right. the Yankees will kill you. Yeah. It, it's, it's 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 yeah. It's not. You, you got to pull that that act has to be constant. Like that, like you can't be like the Yankees are starting to hit me and scream at me. What's going on? I mean, he looked, he looked flustered. I can't have that. I can't, if you're going to do this, you got to have the whole package. You can't be like, well, it turned south and I didn't know what to do. Well, you know what? That doesn't help me. Post game, I've lost. So I just, but I just take all of these things and put them in, in the playoff blender. And I need them. I don't want to beat myself. And Romo, if the act, if he can't do it, then he's helping beat my team, which I don't like at all. No, because that's fair. You? I enjoy it. It's fun. Talk all you want. But then back it up all the time. Like, if you just get hit and you look like I just got hit, but he looked like a guy who was like and, – and that's the one thing about – that's good with no fans. That Cleveland dugout as it should have been was all over him.
0: Yep. No, it, it, absolutely. Uh, he, he he chirped a lot on Monday, and, yep. uh, and and they had him fired up. I think he was worn out, too. I mean, I don't think he had his best No, I agree. But,
1: that, but, but, why, but why are they willing to wear him out, but Duffy is, like, in bubble wrap? Yeah, well,
0: I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think they should have used Duffy more. Um, and I also think that Monday game, you know, they pitched Caleb Fieldbar, and I believe the sixth. He got through it. He struck off the side. He also gave up two, uh, two, two hits. I think they had runners in second and third when he finally got out of that inning. I, you know, why not pitch Duffy there or one of your high-leverage guys? This brings me to my next point, Matt Whistler. Matt Whistler has been phenomenal this year. He's been one of their best relievers. Um, he's basically a starter now. So his last two appearances have come as an opener uh, against, uh, I believe, Kansas – let me, let me double check that against, um, yes, Kansas City both times. He pitched on August 17th. He was the opener. He pitched two innings. And then again on August 23rd. So he's essentially not available because I think he's probably going to pitch another two innings to start that Detroit bullpen game on Friday. And this brings me yeah. back to the whole bullpen game issue. Whistler has been great for you. He should have pitched in that Cleveland series in place of Alcala or Thielbar Right or maybe Romo last night when he was worn down, but he's not available because of all these bullpen games. And so, you're ha- again, they've hamstrung themselves with these bullpen games, both in terms of wearing out guys and not having guys available, yeah. like Whistler. So I just – I don't get it. I don't get why you don't just call up another starter. I know it's more difficult on the road this season, right, because you don't want to have guys fly commercial. But you could bring <laughs> – but they can go do these bullpen games. You can bring a guy in the taxi squad. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. They can travel. You could bring a guy in the taxi squad. Right. To, to, to whether it's Duran or Chalmers or somebody else, there are ways to get around this and five bullpen games in three and a half weeks. It leads to these situations. And so, yeah, as far as your point about Romo, I love the chirping, but I get it. I get it. If you're going to do that, you got to back it up. And and he got flustered and the Indians were chirping him and, and it, it was not a good look, but I just, they're wearing their guys out and they're and they're costing themselves games, I think by not having guys available uh, or pitching guys like Romo who are worn out um, in these in these important close games, and the twins are playing a ton of important close games every game yes. is the season, but they're playing a ton of close games, and they
1: don't have their top guys because of these bullpen games. It drives me crazy sorry go ahead I, I agree and and I don't get why. Like there are a ton of prospects being called up. I, I mean, the clock is so short, right? So it's not like the it's not like oh, oh, my God, we called this guy up in May and now his service time clock has started and we're screwed. You know, it doesn't make sense. I don't get it. It's um, it's surprising. It's one of the first sort of very questionable things that we've seen beyond Baldelli, Falvey, do as far as what are you doing here exactly? What's the goal? What's the end game here? Why aren't you just going to, to your point, Chalmers, Duran? Like, this isn't that tough. And ordinarily, I, I think because um, the Twins have been so smart in the past few years, ordinarily I think we say, well, they got a plan and we just don't see it yet. Uh, I don't know what that plan is, though. It, and I don't know why at some point in time you don't they don't look at the plan and abort it and say, let's do something else here. Uh, it's weird. Uh, All right. Yeah. Just
0: really quick. I think if you, they would never say this publicly, but I think their plan is probably that they think the playoffs are a lock, And so they're just going to kind of play out the string. They don't care about seeding and they're willing to sort of have these concession games almost where they're, they're pitching their eighth, ninth best relievers because it doesn't matter. They're going to make the playoffs. And what I would say to that is just be careful, be careful. You're in good position, but if they lose three out of four to Detroit or get swept, and I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if they go on a big losing streak, it's not a total certainty that you're making the playoffs. I'm not trying to I, – I know this is very panicky, but just be careful with this because if you play out the string too much, you get yep. too lax, you're going to run into a losing streak, and if another team gets hot, uh, an eighth or ninth place team gets hot, it could be trouble. So I, I, I'm i with you. I, I The bullpen, it's too many. It's just too many in my I view.
1: Think, I think they are – and I, I am, of course, Mr. Panic. I think they're a lock for the playoffs, but here's what I would say and why I don't like this idea. And this is gonna sound probably incredibly condescending, and I, I don't care. I don't want to get Rocco into bad habits, and I want my and I want my pitchers geared up for what they're going to be asked to do. I keep get, getting told now, well, Judd, don't worry, the playoffs will come and Duffy will pitch two. But let's say he hasn't pitched two until then. I want that. I want, look, it's a 60-game sprint, okay? I want everybody from Rocco, who, by the way, has zero playoff success so far. He doesn't have any. Um, I want Duffy, who I think has turned himself into a really good pitcher, really good. But you know what? He thinks a lot. He's a thinker. He's a thinker. If, if, if I get to game two of a, by the way, three-game series, and I'm like, Tyler, you're going out to pitch two now. You know what he's going to think? I haven't done this all year. Hmm. I'm going to think about that. You know what? I don't want him thinking. I, this is my biggest thing. I want to put everyone from Baldelli to my players in positions that they're going to be in in October. So this whole thing of, well, let's just play with fire because we know how to put the fire out. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't have the experience. You don't have, as Phil calls them, the reference points, right? So I want, look, this Cleveland team has flaws, but they're pretty damn good. They're a nice team. These are playoff-like games. Simulate the game. Simulate the playoff game. Do exactly what you're going to do. I'm not, and look, I'm not saying that Duffy should go out three days against the Tigers and pitch two, okay? So I'm not trying to say tax him. But let's put him, let's give him the reference points to where he's like, I've done it before against a good team. I can do it now. Let's let's put Rocco in a position where he is told. Here's what you're going to do and here's why because I want you at this point. Like I don't think this is that tough. And 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 the worst thing that you could possibly have and this is the problem I do think with especially smart young baseball people in 2020, Jake, is refer- or, or is is hubris. There's a lot of hubris of it'll be fine. Not necessarily not necessarily. Uh my last thing, pitching wise. Um, I think I'm I'm not done here as far as trade this guy or give up on this guy. I think I'm done trying to make a case that Barrios can be an ace or close to it. Uh, I think he's a nice pitcher, but last night again, I I needed to see him build off that Brewer start because that was a damn good start. Mm-hmm. I and, and I, you know, I saw people say, well, the final line's not terrible. And he got off to a bad start, but then he rebounded. I needed to see him come out in the first at Cleveland last night and continue to do what what he did against the Brewers. And he didn't come close again. And I think I'm just sort of done here as far as trying to pound the table and say, well, just wait on Jose Barrios. I think I was just probably wrong.
0: This this season has been really disappointing. There's no questions to step back. Um... I really thought he was going to come out and shove last night after that Brewer start. I thought, okay, he's figured it out. He's, he's, he's found his command because the stuff is great. We know the stuff is great. It's, it's all about command, right. And getting a feel for his pitches and he had it in that Brewer series. And I thought, okay, he's figured it out. He's going to go on a run here. Um, And he really, last night, he looked like the Burrios we've seen all year, you know, a lot of walks, um, you know, walk a guy in front of that three-run home run, gives up the big home run, can't, you know, can't get out of the sixth inning. And just, there's just not a lot of confidence there to me. Um, he just doesn't look like he knows where it's going right now. And I'm really surprised because, you know, for as much as we've been critical of Barrios, he's been a damn good pitcher the last two years. He's been an all-star, ERA under four. And yep. I really thought he would take a step forward this year. Uh, and maybe it's the COVID thing, the shortened season, I don't know. But he's taken a big step back. And uh and after last night, I just don't see how you can tr- trust him unless he puts together a string of three or four really good starts in a row. I don't know that I'd even want to start him in a in that first-round series right now. Because you just I mean, he's start-I think he has six starts under his belt, maybe, and five of them. He's he's really looked pretty shaky. And then he's had the one great start. Um last night was disappointing. It's the walks, man. he, he just and he's walking guys, you know, like in that Kansas City start, right before he gave up the three-run home run to Merrifield, he walked the number nine hitter, the backup catcher at Gallagher. It's like that tells me that he, he doesn't know where it's going because that's yep. a guy that you just have to throw it basically down the middle and say, here, hit it, right, with Whit Mer- Merrifield coming up on deck. And he, when he walked that guy, I thought, okay, he really just doesn't know where it's going right now. And, and we saw that again last night. So you keep putting him out there. You keep hoping he can figure yeah. it out, but it hasn't been good. I mean, it just
1: hasn't been good. Okay, I've got the handy-dandy scorebook out from last night because I'm going to set this up for you, and then you are going to take it and, and run with it like this guy did. Ho- hopefully you, you don't make the out <laughs> of third base. Last night, Kepler home run against Clevenger, who was coming back but clearly not sharp. But he's the type of guy who you say to yourself, he's not sharp now, but he might be by the third, so be careful here. Like, score as much as you possibly can, okay? Polanco walks. Cruz comes up and hits into a 5 4 3 DP. So there's two outs. Rosario comes up and singles. Marwin comes up. God bless him. Ultimate professional. Marwin singles to right. Replay show. Rosario gets the second, basically stops, and then tries to hightail at the third where he is thrown out. Instead of uh, guys on first and second and, and possibly with what? A rise up. Um, possibly scoring, let's say, two or three against Clevenger, you get one because of a guy who I don't know. Again, I have no idea what he was thinking.
0: So one of the beautiful things about baseball is that really small plays can have a really big impact on the direction of the game. That play last night, to me, other than the ramirez Surin home run, obviously, was the most important play in that game. That was a critical play. You've got Clevenger, who's coming back from a two-week hiatus. A lot of pressure is on him. He gives up an immediate first inning home run, uh, first uh, at-bat home run to Kepler, like you said. He's not sharp. He's walking, guys. He gives up two singles. His pitch count is rising. He's at like 17 pitches. And you've got Luis Rise who's hit Clevenger really well and is your classic, maybe the guy on the team you'd want up most if you've got a guy on second and two outs because he hits a ton of singles, puts the ball in play. You've got a chance to get to an ace early before he settles in. Rosario, so one of the cardinal rules of baseball is never make the third out of an inning at third base. I have absolutely no clue, (laughs) no clue what he could have been thinking there to try to deke uh, the right fielder and basically do like a delayed, uh, it was like a delayed steal almost, and get thrown out by 10 feet. That was so dumb on so many levels, not just giving up the fact that, uh, giving up a, a chance to knock in more runs, but to get Clevenger's pitch count up early, get him really flustered. Uh, it just, what are you doing? What are you thinking there? That, that gives you almost no advantage to get to third with two outs. It's just the risk reward there is just, oh, it drove me crazy. I screamed. I yelled at my TV. What are you Doing with one out, maybe, maybe you do that if you think you have a really good chance. But he got thrown out by 10 feet. It wasn't even close. With two outs, it's just, we've seen this from Rosario so many times. It drives me insane. He makes the most amazing plays. He wins you games with fantastic defensive plays and big home runs. And then he does crap like this, and it's just never going to change. It's never going to change. Throwing to the wrong base. These base running blunders. It just... I'm at a loss. I was at a loss because that was a critical point in that game. So early, I know, but it was a critical point. And to do that with Luis Rice coming up and a red hot Sano behind him, they could have won the game that inning. You know? And at the very least they could have gotten Clevenger's pitch count way up and knocked him out and gone to the the you know mediocre Cleveland bullpen early. It just changed everything. It changed the whole game. And I just what what is he thinking? Does nobody – do they not talk to him about these things? I'm sure they do. I don't do. think they do. I
1: don't
0: know. I don't know. But I just – if I'm Rocco, I, I consider taking him out of the game there. But he won't do it. That's
1: the thing is he never will do that, and and that's the stuff. I do I do think that they talked to him when, when he – that uh, game two weeks ago in Kansas City, I think it was a Sunday game, Soler hit the ball off the top of the wall and he threw it to the wrong base, and Rocco was clearly ticked off. I do think that they said something at that time. The throwing to the wrong base is stupid and – inexcusable um, but I guess I sort of get it because if you're just sort of a ditz it's sort of a bang bang I got the ball where should I what should I do with it you should know um, but this what I didn't get about this was he stopped he saw exactly he looked back at right field he saw exactly what was transpiring and and then he didn't account for the fact that the ball if he did take off was going to come to I believe it was Lindor for the relay throw like no matter how big of a ditz you are. This was one where, like, in your head, you're like, oh, that bad idea. It wasn't like, oh, my God, I've got to make this play. So I'm with you. It was absolutely bizarre, and it's what, it's what ultimately I think will get him off this team. Because right. I, I don't know how a front office can take this for a huge period of time. He's not good enough to offset the dumbness at times.
0: And it gives you no advantage. Getting to third gives you so little advantage with two yeah. outs. They man. Yeah, I mean it's just it's one thing if he's trying to score with two outs, right? Maybe you take a risk there. But to get there's just no advantage gain there. It's just any high school player knows that. And it's just Eddie Rosario's been in the big leagues for six years now. And he's not a dumb guy. That's I I've said this on the podcast a bunch, but like when you when you interview him, he he's a smart guy. He he's not an idiot, but but the decisions he makes at times on the field, I just it drives me. It drives me crazy. That, that play last night drove me absolutely crazy. And I should expect it because he, he does this stuff all the time. Um, yeah. But I agree. I, I think at some point you have to say that this is not worth it because for every game that he wins you with his spectacular plays, he loses you a game uh, with just these boneheaded plays, whether it's defensively or around the base pass. And it's just, I don't know what else to say, but it's just, you got to be better it's than a that. Huge final.
1: You got to sure. be smarter than that. You're right. Huge play. Okay, so the uh, the very quick trade deadline comes up at 3 o'clock on Monday. Do you think, and, and we, we've seen some realistic potential, hey, I, I think the Twins should do this, and we have seen some, such as last night on MLB Network from Mark DeRosa, absolutely crazy, off the law, never going to happen deals. But what does your gut tell you about the potential of, any deal of substance to the big league roster being made by the twins by uh, three o'clock central time on Monday? Uh,
0: my gut tells me it's unlikely. Uh, I think it's pretty unlikely. Um, I, you know, the twins have been hesitant to, to, you know, I mean, last year at the deadline, they didn't add a starter when it was very clear that they needed one. Um, and you know they sold in two thousand and seven after buying they sold a week later in two thousand and seventeen ended up making the playoffs. Uh, they were pseudo in contention in two thousand and eighteen and sold um, so that you know i they haven 't been aggressive at the deadline. I think this front office is great as it is. I think the deadline they haven 't handled particularly well at times. Um, I would be really surprised just given everything that 's going on in this season uh the reluctance of of uh, it, how many contenders uh, there are, or at least, you know, teams who think they're contenders. So the right. reluctance to sell, I-, I think it's very unlikely. Uh, that hater trade was ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> that DeRosa proposed, proposed Royce Lewis, uh, Brent Rooker. And uh, what was the third one again? Ryan Jeffers. Ryan
1: Jeffers. <laughs> right athlete. now is with the big big league team and playing pretty well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it ain't gonna happen. You, you never do that. Um, so, so I think it's unlikely. I, I would love to see them get Trevor Bauer. I would. Uh, I mean, that's the one trade that I would love. The
1: Reds aren't selling, man. The Reds are crazy, but the National League absolutely stinks, and the Reds are are still on that fringe of the eighteen contention. And the Reds are the Reds made moves in the winter to try to win now, and they can't. I don't think they can convince themselves that they're still not good. I think Bauer stays put. I really do. I that's think the Reds cool. are. There's going to be that weird fringe of teams in 2020 now that are like, hey, it's hockey. We're contending. Um, so as smart and prudent as that might be, because I do think that if Bauer was put on the market, the Reds could do really darn well. I think he doesn't get, get traded. How, how did you feel about uh, Jim Bowden, who, who was a GM for the, um, for the Reds and Nationals and now writes for the Athletic and does a bunch of uh, media stuff? He did propose a realistic trade. Um, Red Sox right-handed reliever Matt Barnes for the Twins right-handed. I think he's a starter now, but projects to be a major league reliever Josh Winder, who is the, if I'm not mistaken, he is the 30th-ranked prospect by MLB.com in the Twins system.
0: You know, Matt Barnes Barnes hasn't been that great uh, for Boston this year. I don't know that he significantly improves the pen, uh, you know, because you still – you you trust um Rogers Duffy May and Clippard over him uh maybe he replaces Romo as your fifth most trusted reliever um i, I guess i would give up the 30th ranked prospect for Barnes i guess i just don't think it uh, substantially improves the major league team so i'd be fine with it i guess if they did it but i think you got to aim higher than that if if you're the twins cuz I, yeah, I i don't
1: think they do
0: yeah I, I don't think so. My goodness, they I, don't. I think I think you go big for somebody like Bauer, and if he's not available, you can add a, a bullpen arm if you want, um, if the price is reasonable. But um, they have to significantly improve your team. They have to step in, you know, yeah. in place of a high-leverage reliever or a top-three starter for, for it to be meaningful, uh, in, in my opinion.
1: And it, the thing that's going to drive Twins fans absolutely crazy, and Felby Fe- Fe- actually broached this on a Zoom call he did, a couple of days ago and it's partially true, but it's going to drive twins fans nuts is the twins are going to tell you we're getting Donaldson back Pineda back from suspension Garver. Eventually we couldn't have got these guys at the deadline. If we tried, you guys don't get it. The guys coming back, you know, Buxton, the guys coming back from the IL, those are our trade deadline acquisitions to which every twins fan is going to say typical of the poll ads. They don't spend their cash. Uh, but that is going to be, that is going to be, uh, what the Twins tell us, something's partially true. Pineda coming back, I, I think, as a starter will definitely help. Uh, I have a little bit of trepidation about Garver because they're admitting now that this is going to take longer than I think they originally expected. And the Donaldson calf, to be honest with you, Jake DePew, scares me a lot. Like, I don't think there's any guarantee that this calf is going uh, to be fine. Um, but, yeah, I don't. The other thing about the trade deadline that I don't think we're going to get a play-by-play in real time on, but I'm very curious to see because it'll probably come out eventually is I do think that there's going to be trades worked out. that are going to be killed very quickly by players threatening to opt out if they're traded. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, if you've got your family, if you're playing for, you know, take your pick, if you're playing for the reds and you, you've got your family in an apartment or house in Cincinnati and the reds come to you and they're like, Hey, we dealt you to the twins. And you're like, okay, here's the deal. It's a pandemic. I'm not going to leave my my wife and kids for an extended period of time. I'm going home. Then the trade's dead. And I do think that there are going to be guys that probably, and this is no blame to them, probably going to put uh, their family over baseball for at least this summer.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And I wouldn't blame them at all. I mean, that's, that's asking a lot of anybody to move in the middle of a pandemic like this. Um... So yeah, I think that's a major uh, issue going against a lot of big trades happening. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's going to be. I mean, ho- hopefully, we're, hopefully we're wrong, but I think it's going to be uh, a very subdued uh, trade deadline. And you know, if Buxton and Donaldson come back and they're healthy, then that those are huge, huge <laughs> upgrades that oh, the Twins yeah. really need. Uh, and and let's hope that they do because it makes them a better team and more interesting. Um, but you just have to wait and see on both those guys. Uh, for, for obvious reasons, you know, I mean, Buxton's still clearly dealing with shoulder issues from his surgery and uh, Donaldson's had uh, you know, a recurring issue with his calves. And right. um, so, you know, I hope they come back, uh, but it's definitely wait and see with, with both of those guys. And I, I agree with you. I think Garver is a longer term case.
1: Yep. Oh, and you, you and Duke are, are going to do a uh, trade deadline podcast on Friday. Is that correct? You're going to record on Friday.
0: We are. Yep. We're going to record a trade deadline pod um, tomorrow afternoon. It should drop. Uh, tomorrow, uh, before uh, the Twins-Tigers game, uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, Dugil, I, I know he joined you guys today, but um, we'll get we'll dive a little bit more into some trades, and uh, I want to talk to him a little bit about covering a trade deadline, and um, you know everything that goes into that. And uh, so it, it'll be a fun pod, for sure. All right, we are done here, scoring our twin show. He's Hold on, uh, Judd. Hold on, Judd. Yeah, I want to I want to sound the alarms for one second. This Detroit right. series. Detroit has taken two out of three against Cleveland and two out of three against the Cubs in their last two series. They're five and a half back. They've called up their top prospects uh, who are pitching against the twins. They think, whether it's right or wrong, they think they're contenders. They're going to be fired up for this series. The twins better be on their A game. I- I'm I'm sounding the alarms a little bit on this series. This is not a gimme. Um, and the Tigers are playing good baseball right now. The twins better – They better show up for this series or things
1: could get really interesting. You know what, then? Um, On Tuesday, with this series done, the trade deadline done, I look forward to the potential Jake DePue meltdowns that we'll get on the next Score North Twin Show. When we do record that on Tuesday, don't forget, Jake and Doogie doing a trade deadline uh, podcast tomorrow. We will talk to you soon.